the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Five O. Welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I am your host, Pat Oni. I am back after my week-long hiatus. Uh, it was good to go back to my old stomping grounds in Ohio, visit some family, attend my cousin's wedding. Um, it, it was it was a fantastic time. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, Stephen Airy and Dylan Lyles from Defenders Live filling in for me last week. Um, unfortunately for you, now you get me back, and this is not going to be the Star Wars, man boobs, transgender, dumpster fire type show that they put on last week, which was fantastic. It was hilarious. It was also full of well thought out concepts and principles, which I really, really appreciated. So, uh, thank you to Steven and Dylan for filling in. I really greatly appreciate it. However, what I thought I would do with today's show is I would start off um, sharing some observations and things that I learned while I was away. I, I said before I left that I wanted to do some sort of social experiment, um, and I was hoping to get my wife in on it, but my wife just wasn't any fun when it came to this and ruined my fun in the process, but I was still able to observe and learn a lot of things while I was away because since COVID, I don't think I've been out of the state of Utah. I've been all over the state of Utah, but I have not been outside of it. Um, and actually, I take that back. We went down to Arizona, like northern Arizona, but it was camping. So it wasn't like around like anyone outside of family. It wasn't um, really anyone outside of um, my my inner circle, so to speak, and and with outside the state of Utah, just what is life actually like? And I wanted to share some of those observations with you. And I'm just going to start by by going to the Salt Lake City Airport. Mind you, they've remodeled this airport, and it's like a two mile hike just to get to the, the gate that we were trying to get to. But I, I digress. We get to the airport. And we get up there, and I, I park my, my truck up there, and uh, um, we're, we're waiting for the bus and everything to come and pick us up to take us to the terminal. And the one thing, the, the very first thing that happened before we got on the bus is we had to put on a damn mask. Wasn't happy about it. And I knew I was going to have to just because you know, airline having to fly to a different state. Like I, I knew this was coming, but get on a bus and I got to wear uh, a mask. Well, I get on said bus and other people get on and you know how they say you're supposed to wear the mask above your nose. That 
Almost no one. I mean, there were people that did. Don't get me wrong. But no one did it. Then we get to the actual terminal itself, and we're going in, and we're getting ready to go through security. And the the, the big thing that I, I get to, and I get up to the security line, and I hand the TSA person my, uh, my, my ID, my driver's license, and they sit, they stand there, and they look at me. They look at my ID. They look at me. They look at my ID, and I'm like, how long is it going to be before they ask me to take my mask off? Surely enough, within a second after that, they asked me to take my mask off. And the first thing that I wanted to do was scream, Oh my gosh, you made me take my mask off. Now I'm going to get COVID and everyone else is going to get COVID. We're all going to die. We're all going to get immunity. <laughs> I, I would have found it humorous. My wife would have found it humorous later. Maybe not in the moment, but but later. Um, and I, it would have gotten us in some serious trouble, methinks. But um, some part of me, a big part of me, really wanted to to just do something like that. Because holy crap. Because the whole point of, of, of this at the airport is you have to wear a mask. You still technically have to social distance until you get on the airplane, of course. And, but you got to wear a mask because if you don't wear a mask, holy hell, someone else is going to get COVID. You might get COVID. The, the Delta variant is running rampant. It, like, like, holy crap. I mean, yes, it was only for two seconds, but, but you're supposed to wear a mask at all times. Well, unless you're eating or drinking. Which, again, seemed rather pointless. So we get through security, and mind you, I, I also really hate the TSA. I, I have issues with the TSA. Um, my wife got stopped. I mean, she went through the body scanner and everything like that, which don't even get me started on the body scanner. You know, the one where they you put your hands up and they basically see a computerized version of you. Yeah, i not a fan, but hey, if they want to see a show, if they want to see this Naked? <laughs> okay. You asked for it. Um, and so my wife um, got patted down. And I was not a fan of this. And I don't know why, because there was nothing on her. There was nothing about her, really, that that um, warranted such a thing. Um, and I just, I get really, I have found that I get really annoyed and really upset when I feel like my wife is being um, abused or violated in any way. Now, granted, my wife did mine. She consented to all of this, and I bit my tongue really freaking hard. It still pissed me off. And I told her this as we were leaving the security area. And I said it loud enough for... Um, all the TSA agents for me to hear, you know, so, you know, I, I, I was not, uh, not exactly what you would call silent about it. No one said anything to me. I went on bottom of my merry way. We get to our gate. Um, and I'm sitting there and we purposely got some snacks and some drinks. So, because first of all, we hadn't had lunch. 
Uh, and that was the other interesting part is our flight was actually canceled um, for, for the original time. We were supposed to get a like a 4.10, 4.30 flight in the afternoon um, after my wife got out of a conference up in Salt Lake City. And my wife got this notification that our flight had been canceled. But then we ended up getting on a flight that was two hours earlier instead. They had originally rescheduled us for the next morning, but then we finagle finagled and we were able to make it work for the, the one that was two hours earlier. So we rushed to the airport. We didn't have lunch, so we bought a bunch of snacks. And part of the reason why we did this is so we could take our damn masks off. So one thing I, I've noticed at this point is almost no one's wearing their mask correctly. Because I think people are just freaking fed up with the whole thing. There were people that were good and diligent about it. But there were a lot of people that were just so fed up about it. So we're sitting there in the terminal waiting to board our plane. And uh, one of the things that, that ends up happening is, you know, we're sitting there eating a snack and other people around me sitting, eating snacks and doing stuff and, and, and not necessarily being compliant with the said mask mandate. I'm thinking, this is awesome. But then everybody ends up putting their mask back on at some point, right? So no one's really social distancing per se. We're all around each other. No one's wearing their mask properly. Again, tell me what the point... I'm starting to wonder what in the hell the point of the whole mask mandate is. Fast forward to when we're actually boarding the plane because I'm not wearing my mask correctly because I'm fed up and I really don't want to wear this damn thing anyway. I have it below my nose. And I'm like, it's kind of nice this way because it's been really smoky in the state of Utah because of all the wildfires coming from California um, and, and blowing smoke our way. So it's been a little annoying to uh, breathe outside and it was making me a little congested and wearing that damn mask was, I could breathe, but um, it wasn't comfortably. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, um, I'm going to put this below my nose so I can actually breathe in some what limited fresh air there is. And I'm going to, I'm just going to wear it like that. Well, get up to the ticket counter to uh, give the, uh, uh, boarding lady or, or the stewardess our tickets to board the plane. And well, I get stopped. And she says, sir, can you please uh, put your mask up above your nose? And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'll do it. So I did it. And then as soon as I turned the corner, I pulled it back down because I'm like, I'm not listening to you people. Um, this mask mandate is stupid enough as it is. I'm, I'm, done. I'm just done. So we get on our plane and uh, we are on our merry way to to Houston because that's where we are going to do our our layover um, to connect to Columbus. And make a long story short, the same thing happened in Houston. Oh, will you please put your mask up? I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Again, as soon as I got out of eyesight, and as soon as I turned a corner, I just pulled it back down because I'm not complying with any of these idiots. I'm just not. They, they, they are not the boss of me. They cannot. A mandate is not law. I'm not doing this. I, I'm doing what I need to do to get by without causing much of a scene so I can actually get to where I need to go um, because I, I, need, I want to get to where I'm going. I want to see my family, and I want to be able to make my cousin's wedding. Um, if I cause too much of a scene, I'm going to jail, pretty sure. So, um, which 
under just about any other circumstance, I think I'd be okay with. But I also had to think about my wife. I had to think about, I'd, I'd, these were the observations and thoughts that were going through my head. Like, I want to do this, but how? So I did it in my own passive aggressive way as I possibly could. Um, and, and so I didn't wear my mask correctly. I just basically, all I did is I put it on, I put it over my mouth because whatever. Um, and I took it off as often as I humanly possibly could. I forced myself to eat and drink as much as possible. I actually took a video of myself. I've been meaning to put this up on my Instagram. I took a video of myself eating a cashew and and just showing people how to make a cashew last. So you don't have to put your damn mask back on. A lot of people, by the way, a lot of people doing that too. Um, so we all get on the plane, and by the way, uh, m- most people aren't wearing their mask correctly on the plane, even though they were told to put it up above their nose. We even had a um, stewardess, if you will, at one point um, get on the intercom, and well, they were explaining the mask mandate while we were getting ready to, to uh, take off, and they said, okay, um, touch your nose. Are you touching your nose? Or are, 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 you touching, are you touching your nose? Okay, if you're touching your nose and you can feel your nose, you're not wearing your mask correctly. Now, if you pull your mask up above your nose and you feel cloth there, then you're wearing your mask correctly. Okay, so so make sure you're not touching your nose and make sure that you're wearing your mask correctly, okay? My middle fingers went up and um, the the people that were sitting across from me saw it and they started laughing and i'm like oh my hell you people are idiots um as soon as i got into columbus i took my mask off i did not wear a mask the entire time while i was in ohio there were many people that did i said hell no not happening I don't care where I'm going. I don't care what people are doing. I'm not wearing this anytime while I'm here. Um, uh, the, the the one exception to the rule is I will wear it on the airplane, kind of, sort of, and kind of, sort of in the airports. I'm not, I, I will do it passive aggressively if I need to, but I will, I will do something just so I can get from point A to point B. And I will make fun of it and I will mock it the entire way. But that's just the airport, folks. That's just the airport observation of my trip, okay? Before I get into the rest of my observations, I'm going to tell you a little bit about being prepared because this is what it's come to. I don't know that I was prepared to do much more than I did while I was at the airport. If I was prepared to go further, I would have made preparations for that i didn't really know truly even despite what i've seen on the news and despite what i've heard on the radio and what i've heard from friends and family that have traveled i don't know that i really knew what to expect more importantly i don't know that i knew what to expect in terms of consequences And that is the ultimate point here is, is every action has a reaction. Every choice we make will have a consequence. Are you prepared to face the consequences? 
Are you prepared to move forward? Are you prepared to escalate things if need be so that you don't violate your principles, your values? Are you prepared for these things? The best way to get prepared is to start with your food storage. Because part of your preparation, if if you're going to do something that could possibly cost you your job, that could possibly cost you your livelihood, that could possibly cost you your wealth, you you need to be prepared. And the best way to do that is to start with your food storage. Because if you have a good food storage... You can last. You can weather the storm. You can cut down on on finances. You can cut down on groceries. You can be prepared to face those challenges and those hardships. All you have to do is go to preparewithmojo50.com. We've teamed up with my Patriot Supply. I personally recommend the four-week emergency food supply kit, but there are other kits on there too. There are some that are smaller. There are some that are bigger. It all really just depends on your budget. But whatever you decide to do, start today. Start getting prepared today. Because what I'm about to tell you next is going to show you that this isn't stopping. The madness of of the cult of COVID is not stopping anytime soon. So... Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That is preparewithmojo50.com. Now, while I'm in Ohio, now I have family members that have different thoughts and opinions on COVID and all sorts of politics, what have you. It's fine. This is less about them than it is about the thought process that got them to where they are. Um, and, And how... Um, brainwashed I think many of them have become I was I was sitting um, talking with my my grandmother um, one afternoon and we were just sitting and chilling and she has been panicked about COVID from the get-go and rightfully so she has comorbidities she doesn't walk well anymore um, and and rightfully so she's she's part of the population that needs to be especially careful when it comes to COVID. There's, there's no question, okay? Um, it is, she's part of the population that the risk of the vaccine versus not getting the vaccine, she should get the vaccine, okay? Like, like that, that is the risk that she should take and did take. All of this I totally agree with. But we were talking and she was saying... Uh, well, yeah, this this whole Delta variant thing. Uh, they were they were saying that uh, it, it's worse than ever out there. And I looked at her and I said, "Who's saying that? Who's saying that it is worse than ever out there?" I'm like, "Have you looked at the numbers? Have you looked at what's actually going on and uh, what what is happening with the Delta variant right now?" And 
She's like, yeah, they're, they're saying it's worse than ever. And I'm like, well, they're wrong. And she just kind of gasped at me and like, not this again. And I said, look at the numbers over the last month and let's compare them to last year. I'm like, do you know how many days we've gone where we have been below a thousand deaths per day? Do you know how many days we've gone below 500 deaths per day from COVID? And I had to show her all of this data. She then comes back to me and says, well, that's still too much. I'm like, okay, so let's look at some other data. So we looked at car crashes, the flu. We looked at, um, I don't know, uh, other other types of heart disease. We we looked at we looked at other things. I'm like, so who is telling you that this is worse than ever? I said I will concede to you that cases are way up. That's true. They are way up. But look at the hospitalization rates. Look at the death rates. We we're not we have not seen at least at that point in time. I haven't really looked at the data since then. At that point in time, we hadn't really seen a uptick in hospitalization rates or death rates as a whole over as a country. I'm like, so what this tells you should tell you is that the Delta variant is more contagious, but less deadly. And I asked her, I'm like, where, where are you getting all of this from? MSNBC. the mainstream media, the very people that are pushing the panic porn. I'm like, okay, let's just, I said, so like, let's just, let's just do a thought exercise because the the one thing that was very clear to me, I wasn't going to change her mind. She wasn't going to change my mind. That's been very clear. But I, the one thing I said, I'm like, okay, so let's. I want. I just wanted you to think about this. I'm like, you said that they said that things are getting worse than ever out there. Have you ever asked where they're getting their information from? Have you ever asked how they are defining worse? Have you ever asked what the metrics ought to be when deciding mandates? and laws and all of this sort of stuff. Have you ever asked these questions? Because I could make the case if, if, if masks truly worked and they, they had the data for it and they, they show like, hey, this makes a huge difference and we're going to weigh this on hospitalization rates and deaths, which is really because who, who really cares about the, the case count? It's really about stopping keeping people out of the hospital and dying, right? I mean, that's the ultimate metric here, but yet we we don't weigh these mandates on those specifically. We For whatever reason, we weigh them on case numbers. I'm like, have you ever dared to ask these questions? Because her response to me is always, well, why are you always the expert on this? I'm not. I'm not an expert. I have, I have said many times, that I am not an expert when it comes to virology, epidemiology. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. However, I am a bit of an expert when it comes to public policy because of my degree, 
because of the things I've studied, because of my experience, because of what I've been involved with over the years. Am I the expert? No. But I dared to ask some questions. And this was basically the same encounter. If, if, if COVID ever came up at all, which it did not actually, in the grand scheme of things, COVID very rarely came up in my stay while I was away. From whether it be from family members or complete strangers I haven't seen in years, um, it, I, I, it really never came up. And if it did, it was always kind of a passerby thing. But it wasn't if you got the vaccine. It wasn't anything like that. So, what I'm telling you is. When it comes to coronavirus, are we asking the questions that we need to be asking? Or are we just letting the powers that be dictate the information we see and how we live our lives? Which one are you? You listen to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I will be right back right after this. Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org m25m.org American Pride Roasters bringing peace and love to the world one delicious cup of coffee at a time. Hey, it's Brad Staggs before his morning coffee. <laughs> Oh my coffee. And this is Brad Stegs after his morning coffee. American Pride Roasters.com. Historically great coffee. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Welcome back to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I'm your host, Pat Oni, 
Follow me over on Twitter at the Petoni Show. Use the hashtag while well, I learned today. Use the hashtag stand with Mrs. Bat. Uh, you can also follow me over on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and don't forget the locals. Uh, go to criticalthinking.locals.com. Um, you can become a member there uh, of the Critical Thinking community. Um, it's where I hang out with uh, Andrew Coppins, the host of Critical Thinking, right here on Mojo Five O. Um, we have all of our daily shows over there in video format. Um, but to see them in video format, you do have to become a subscriber. Um, so all you got to do is just go to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. It's just five bucks a month. Uh, I do know he's working on a yearly plan as well. Um, we've got some other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, we have a pretty cool, hopefully, and I'm not going to announce this just yet, but we do have a pretty cool book club uh, coming up, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, we're working on, I've been working on that behind the scenes. The only reason I'm not saying yes is because it's not officially 100% locked down. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Um, so um, just make sure that you follow us over on criticalthinking.locals.com or also download the Locals app. That said, um, the whole point of my last segment <clears throat> is my observations of while I was away specifically in relations to um, coronavirus and COVID-19. I think my biggest observation was two things. One, there are still people out there that are very, very scared and are not asking enough questions when it comes to what's really going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. Number two, a lot of people are really fed up and they just don't care anymore. Um, And they are starting to be looser with themselves in regards to the mandates and the rules. Um, and number three, and I think this is the biggest telltale sign that, that people are just fed up and don't want uh, to be dealing with COVID anymore, is that uh, no, almost no one talked about it. I mean, I had maybe one or two conversations with a couple of different immediate family members when I saw extended family and friends and, and even complete strangers and also people I haven't seen in years, um, it never came up. And if it did, it was, well, then COVID hit and this happened and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't anything about how you're surviving COVID or did you get the vaccine or anything like that. It was, it was nothing. No one cared. Everybody was there for a wedding. Everybody was there to have a good time. And everybody did. Um, I don't think at the entire wedding, um, I don't know that I saw anyone at any time wearing a mask. And this wedding, by the way, two, maybe 300 people. I I know, I I do remember them saying about 200 people, but I I think it might have been a little over. Um. But yeah, no one, no one wore a mask. No one. Everybody d- drank, ate, danced, laughed, uh, hugged, uh, and and just had a good time with everyone. And it was, it was finally. I, I remember talking to my cousin, the one that got married, and you know, my her her now husband uh, is originally from South Africa. Um, he, he grew up in the Cincinnati area for most of his life, though, and, and uh, I was talking with her and, and maybe my aunt. I, I don't remember who it actually was, but they were telling me that, you know, 
they they waited for as long as they did because they wanted to have the wedding they've always wanted. They didn't want to let COVID get in the way. And they were just so thankful that they were able to have the wedding that they've been wanting to have um, for the last year. And that they were able to do it in the way that they wanted to do it. And it was, you could just see the excitement and the uh, the burdens that were lifted um, just because they they did what they did. And um, it was just a great time. It was absolutely fantastic. It was great to see everyone. And I think everyone just wants their life back. But then I got to thinking. And I got to thinking about th- this very question because the cult of COVID has struck back. I mean, they are striking back hard. And they are the, the, the things I've seen in the news that have been rumored by the White House, um, that, that have been floating around on social media with some of the rumors and mandates that, that may or may not be coming out and some that already have, um, and, and especially in schools and uh, all these votes that have happened here in Utah earlier this week in different localities in regards to mask mandates, the cult of COVID is striking back hard. This fight was never over. Even when they lifted restrictions and stuff back in the early spring, this fight was never going to be over. And I think... This is where people are starting to get upset and starting to say, screw it. But I, I thought about this question because I'm, I'm watching what's going on. And I think this, this varies in different areas in the country of, of how you might answer this question. But are we fighting a losing battle? But better yet, are we fighting a losing war are we losing I don't know if it's a question that I can answer truly I like to believe that we're not just because of some things I have seen over the past week and over the last little while really maybe it's because of where I live maybe it's because I'm in Utah, not New York or Illinois or California or Oregon for that matter, where they have some of the worst possible mandates and, and bullcrap going on when it comes to the coronavirus in general. Maybe that's maybe that's the reason why I think that. But if I look at the country as a whole, are we fighting a losing battle? Are we fighting a losing war? I'm going to run through a few examples here of, of some things that I've come across in the past few days that that make me wonder this. One of which was a letter that I received from the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the church that I'm a part of. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, we find ourselves fighting a war against the ravages of COVID-19 and its variants of an unrelenting pandemic. We want to do all we can to limit the spread of these viruses. We know that protection from the disease they cause can be achieved by immunizing a very high percentage of the population. To limit exposure to these viruses, we urge 
the use of face masks in public meetings whenever social distancing is not possible. To provide personal protection from such severe infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. Available vaccines have proven to be both safe and effective. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise, thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders. Please know of our sincere love and great concern for all of God's children. Sincerely, the First Presidency, Russell M. Nelson, Delaney Jokes, and Henry B. Eyring. Some might wonder, and, and, I, and I've seen some things on social media of some people wondering why, you know, people like me continue to stay in the church and continue to um, be a part of the church. Well, first of all, my faith is not in these men. My faith is in Jesus Christ. Um, the men that lead this church, all of the leaders, the general authorities that lead the church are still imperfect beings. Um, if I put my testimony, if I put my faith in them, um, I will always have questionable faith. So I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to speak ill of any of these men or um, and what their intentions are with this letter. But this letter points to me, are we really asking questions when it comes to the vaccines and when it comes to the virus? Because what is medicine for me may be poison for another and vice versa. So why would I go and get a vaccine that I don't feel comfortable with? Why would I wear a mask when I don't believe they work and I have the data to back that up? Why would I do these things? Now, does that mean I have the right again to stop people from getting the vaccine or wearing a mask if they so choose to do so? No. If that is what you feel you need to do, and I've been consistent on this from day one, do it. Wear a mask. If, if that's really what makes you sleep better at night, wear a mask. If getting the vaccine makes you sleep better at night, get the vaccine. Do it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stand in your way. But this is crazy to me. That while, yes, they are, they're not demanding, they are urging, but they are not demanding. So people still have their agency to not wear a mask or not get the vaccine if they so choose to do so or do one or the other if they also so choose to do so. So it, it should be up to us. But the fact that this is coming out, people are going to try to impose their will on each other. Case in point, the Salt Lake County uh, Council voted 63 to overturn the school mask order, which came from recommendation from Angela Dunn, who's kind of like our equivalent of Anthony Fauci here in the state of Utah, if you will. Voted it down six to three, um, which I found to be absolutely fantastic, but there's been a lot of backlash over it. Um, because there's a lot of a lot of parents that want to send their ki uh, kids to school in masks. To which I say, go ahead, send your kid to school in a mask. Go ahead. If that's what you feel you need to do for your kids and for your family, go by all means, go ahead and do it. 
I'm not going to stop you. Neither is this uh, council um, in, in Salt Lake City. No one's stopping you from doing that. All they did was say, government and the health department, you do not have the authority to mandate this anymore. That's all it is. They do not have the power to mandate it. And speaking of, of Anthony Fauci, COVID vaccines should be mandated for teachers. Um, excuse me? No. No, 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 and hell no. Again, what is medicine for one may be poison for another. Just because you are a teacher does not mean you should be vaccinated. Just because you are a teacher doesn't mean that you should prescribe to anything that this man has been telling you. I will never prescribe to any doctor that has not personally seen me or understands my medical history. I am not just going to blindly take a vaccine because some person in Washington, D.C. that happens to be a doctor says I should, regardless of my profession. But I digress. So that's, that's happening. And this is happening around the country. This is happening all over in different states that where this is blue states are following suit with this. Mask mandates are coming back, whether we like it or not. How they come back, where they come back, that may be may be the difference maker there. I, I, I don't know how it's going to come back in Utah, but I think it is going to come back to at least some degree in certain areas. I think people are going to try something. I think government is going to try something. I hope I'm wrong, but from what I'm seeing around the rest of the country, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Shifting from COVID just a little bit, but along the lines of the same concept, though, uh, a story that you may have heard, we, we, we briefly mentioned this on Critical Thinking, I believe, earlier this week where a stay-at-home mom is being sued by the nation's largest teachers' union after investigating um, critical race theory. Um, and it's uh, the teachers' union, Neary. Um, they, they are suing this woman because she's questioning um, critical race theory and, and doesn't really want it being taught to her kid. Um, she's got the defense and everything going for her, and, and they're going to court over this. It's happening. My question here is, did we as parents, and by we as parents, I mean you as parents because I'm not a parent yet, hopefully someday, but did any, any one of you ever secede your power to the school board when it comes to your kids' education? Does anybody ever remember doing that? Because... The last I checked, your kid's education is your responsibility, generally speaking. Yes, you may send them to school, but it's your responsibility to understand and to know what they are being taught in the classroom. It is your responsibility to know and understand and to take action when bad things are happening within that classroom. 
Critical race theory is one of them. This mother is doing the right thing. But when did she secede her power? She didn't, obviously, and she's proving that point. And she should win this case handedly. But this should never be a case. Because this mom should have the say in what is being taught to her child. To prove my, to continue along the same lines of this, a Kansas math teacher resigns citing district's critical race theory training renewed and renewed mask mandate. Now, we played the clip the other day of the, um, <coughs> excuse me, of the teacher in Loudoun County that uh, emotionally resigned in front of the school board. While it was moving and while it almost made me choke up, because it hits a little bit close to home, considering my wife is a teacher, um, I know that this is the right thing to do. This seems like you're quitting, like you're giving up. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm asking the question, are we fighting a losing war? Is because I'm, I'm seeing... Things that shouldn't be happening, happening because we are allowing them to happen. And then we have good teachers resigning from their from their posts. Teachers that we should be able to rely on to protect our kids within the education system while at the same time giving our kids the education that they need and deserve. Resign. And this is in Kansas. Kansas is a fairly red state. Kansas. If it can happen in Kansas, it can happen anywhere. Uh, another one, Illinois. Uh, Illinois Christian school temporarily lost state re recognition after delaying updating mask mandate. It kind of seemed to me that the school was going to stick it to Pritzker there over in uh, Illinois, but then... They lose their state recognition and then, oh, oh, we, okay, we'll, 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 we'll do your bidding. Hmm. Seem right to you? It uh, doesn't seem right to me either. California. California parent, uh, uh, school in California, California parent allegedly engaged in serious physical altercation with teacher over mask mandate because they saw their kid walking out of school with a mask on. Okay. I'm going to be very clear on this. Just because we disagree with the mask mandate and we should fight against it and we should fight against the things that should be within our rights to decide for our families and for our children does not mean that we should get violent. And I, I, so I don't condone this. I understand it, but I don't condone it. There's a better way. But this story should show the frustration of what's going on in California. It shows the frustration of many people everywhere. That's what this is. It's frustration being lashed out onto probably someone that didn't really deserve it. Maybe they did. I don't know. But this isn't the way to do it. If we want to make change, this isn't the way. This is not the way to do it. So the frustration is growing. Oh, and then West Point. Teaching Marxism, military officials say. 
left-wing courses revealed. If it can happen at West Point, it can happen anywhere, right? I mean, I mean, this is a military academy. Uh, why on earth would anything like this be happening there? Before I move on, because n- now I just need a uh, a pick me up. Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Find yourself some good coffee. Um, and uh, just just go there, get uh, the Burl Hamilton, because if, if I were a coffee drinker, I think that would be the one I would get first is the Burl Hamilton because everything I've ever heard about it just sounds delicious and it sounds like it just smells great. Uh, Coppins describes it as a donut shop smell. Um, so go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. And if you're feeling so inclined, also go to RomicaDesigns.com um, backslash the Pat Oni Show. If you're looking for the perfect gift for an anniversary, a birthday, maybe you're going to start your Christmas shopping early or something along those lines, um, go to RomicaDesigns.com. Use the uh, RomicaDesigns.com backslash the Pat Oni Show. Use the promo code PAT. Uh, getting a little tongue-tied here for a second, but... Uh, Use the promo code PAT, and you'll get 10% off your purchase today. So that's RomicaDesigns.com, promo code PAT, get 10% off your purchase today there as well. So what are we to do? And I want to play a little of the Matt Walsh clip because he went to his school board and put his money where his mouth is and laid into the school board. So what are we to do? What are we to do as parents? What are we to do as citizens of this country if we want to not have our life fundamentally changed and to not lose this cultural war, so to speak? What do we do? I think this is the perfect example. Hi, my name is Matt Walsh. I'm a community member in Nashville and a father of four. Um, You and the school board have decided that our kids should go to school all day, every day, wearing muzzles like rabid dogs. I have listened to your arguments, and I've noticed that they're missing a few things, namely evidence, data, science, common sense, and basic human decency. You've presented no facts at all, uh, so let me do that now. Here they are. COVID poses almost no risk to our kids at all. 4.2 million children have tested positive for COVID. A total of 0.008% of them have died. Overall, 0.0004% of the child population in this country, I'm, not ta- I'm, I'm, I'm talking right now, in this country has died of COVID. Twice as many have died by drowning each year. A bathtub poses more risk to your child than COVID. Your child is far more likely to die in the car on the way to school than he is to die from COVID at school. What about the flu? The CDC estimates that 480 kids died from the flu in the 2018-2019 season. That's more than have died from COVID in a year and a half. Now, did anyone on this board suggest at any point that year that kids wear masks? Did anyone in this room suggest that at any point anyone wear masks for flu, which again is more dangerous to kids than COVID? That's a fact. Now. Do you know what it's called when you force your children to wear masks for fear of a virus that poses almost no threat to them? It's called child abuse. You want to look up a disease, look up Munchausen by proxy, because that's what this is. If you think I'm exaggerating, then how would you respond to a parent who forced his kid to wear a football helmet every day, all day, for fear of falling coconuts and meteors? Your kid is is almost as likely to die of COVID as he is from a rock from the sky. And yet, if you saw that, you would say to that parent that he is abusive, that he is forcing his kid to participate in this utterly insane charade in order to 
satisfy his delusional, psychotic hypochondria. Now, do any of you know what sort of psychological damage we do to children by forcing them to cover their faces, teaching them that the air is toxic? That Perfect example of asking questions. Questions that need answering. Questions, we are, we are basically prescribing a form of treatment for our kids and for the other people in our society. We have no idea what the ramifications of those things are. We don't know. We don't know. Again, what is, poison, what is medicine for one may be poison for another. We should be asking more questions. We should be standing up. We should, I, I, that, that California story where the, the parent hit the teacher, don't do that. Do this. Get annoying. Be at, be at your school board meetings. Be involved in your community. Be that annoying citizen that, that sits there and, and gives them the facts and gets in their face and shows them. Make them answer to this. Make them answer to it. That's what needs to happen. And then, and then, from that point, let people make their own individual decisions. Get the government out of this. I once saw, I saw a post on Facebook earlier today that to stop making the vaccine and the mask mandates political because it's not political, even though they were making it political. But, um, okay, you're right. It shouldn't be political. Your health care shouldn't be political. Then get off your butts. And do something about it. Make your own decisions. Take those things back. Because being a fence sitter, sitting on the sidelines, is not going to work. You want these things back, you're going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to start asking questions. You're going to have to start making those that are in power and that are drunk with power answer these difficult questions. We need answers from these people that are trying to dictate these things to us. Ask questions. Don't just blindly take what the media is telling you. And by the way, that includes me. It includes me. But I've done one thing consistently throughout this entire process. Well, I've done multiple things, but this one thing is probably the main key point. That is, I have dared to ask questions. I have dared to raise facts, data, everything, all arguments on this show, on critical thinking as well. I've dared to do these things. Do not be afraid to question those in power. They answer to you. Not the other way around. These people would have you believe otherwise, for sure. They may even threaten you. But you have the power. For those teachers that are resigning, don't resign. If you're considering resigning, don't do it. Make them fire you. And then you take their asses to court 
and you sue them for all they are worth. You hold them accountable for the crimes against humanity that they have committed to you and your family over the last year. Dare to stand up, dare to ask questions, dare to do something about it. Only then will we get our lives back. You can listen to the Pounding Show right here on Mojo Five O. I will be back Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern with Andrew Coppins on Critical Thinking. Until then, don't get lost. Remember who you are, and no means no. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit GEICO.com slash local today.